Well, welcome to the latest episode of On the Couch with myself, Henry Jennings. And joining me today is the CEO of Raiden Resources, Dusko Lavojevic. Dusko uh, is a geologist with over 13 years of experience in the resource sector. Uh, previous positions have included uh, exploration, mining operations, investor relations, and executive roles. And he's worked in America, Africa, Asia, and Europe, and has a significant experience in Eastern Europe. And in fact, I'm talking to Dusko uh, this morning, uh, coming live from uh, Belgrade in Serbia. So thank you very much for joining us this morning. And it, I know it is early at 7 a.m. your time. So thank you very much for getting up early and joining us and telling us a little bit more about Raiden Resources. No, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Dushko, just before we start, I'll just uh, remind all our listeners that this is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights. All right, well, let's kick things off. Maybe you could just run through the projects that you have with Raiden Resources and, and where your focus is. I know that you're in Serbia, but you do have uh, projects in Australia as well. Uh, certainly. So um, as you mentioned, you know, in Serbia, we, we started the company uh, with a portfolio of projects focused on the Western Tethian uh, in uh, Bulgaria and Serbia, porphyry gold epithermal uh, portfolio of projects, uh, some of them including advanced porphyry prospects and epithermal gold discoveries. But we uh, refocused onto Australia back in 2020, where we acquired a, quite a significant portfolio of projects in, in the Pilbara. Uh, the key project up until recently was the Mount Shoal Nickel Copper Palladium project. Um, uh, the Arrow project was a significant driver of value for the company, which is just down the road from Hemi. Uh, but obviously right now it is clear that uh, the lithium is driving the, the valuation of the company and uh, we are focused on the Andover South project, which is located directly adjacent to the uh, Azura's uh, significant discovery, uh, the Andover lithium discovery. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? The uh, the Azures minerals. It's it's still very early stages. I don't even think they've got a mineral resource yet. Uh, yet they've attracted the attention of SQM, and now of course we've got Hancock Prospecting with Gina Reinhardt uh, taking just over eighteen percent of that one as well. So there's another battle going on there, or it looks like there could be another battle going on there. Uh, good good for you guys, I guess, at the moment with all this focus on the area. Uh, certainly it's been good for the share price. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Andover South, I guess. South and Andover North, uh, both of the projects are uh, directly adjacent to the to Azure's discovery. Uh, we held one project, uh, one license, with, which we had on the application, originally called Roburn. And um, once we recognize the potential, essentially once Azure itself recognized the potential, uh, we, we acquired five further permits uh, to consolidate the project area where we have just under 40 square kilometers there now. Um, um, in, uh, in a similar vein or in a similar fashion to, uh, to Azure, we were uh, primarily looking at the nickel potential of the ground to start off with. And obviously, you know, with Azure Discovery, we've we've refocused to look at the look at the lithium potential as well. We've over the last few months, we've been uh, mapping and sampling the the project area quite intensely. We've defined some pretty significant uh, prospects. Uh, we have pigment outcropping pegmatites up to fifty meters wide, and uh, we think we've defined a, a high grade trend within the pegmatite field, uh, running between one to two percent. 
LI2O. So very exciting because they are obviously parallels to what observers define themselves. For those of us who aren't geologists that are listening, and I'm sure there's many members out there that aren't geologists, what is a pegmatite and what is a pegmatite swarm? We hear about the swarms of pegmatites. Uh, can you just uh, explain in a little more detail what a, a pegmatite is and what the swarms are? Uh, certainly. So essentially a pegmatite is just an intrusive, intrusive rock which, uh, which is derived outside of a granite body. It's a laid stage extrusion and pegmatites are coarse-grained rocks, normally uh, vein-like, and uh, they're associated with lithium tantalum, niobium, beryllium deposits throughout the world, very well-established models, especially in WA and the Pilbara as well. Um, so uh, the swarms, essentially, it's just, uh, it's just a description of how these deposits essentially, uh, you know, how they will be formed. Uh, you will have series of sometimes parallel to sub-parallel structures um, and the indication for us that we have these swarms is that, you know, we're not sitting on one single pegmatite. I think that's a key thing to, to note. There are multiple pegmatites subparallel to each other. Um, it, and it just may provide an indication that, one, it's not one single structure, one single pegmatite that we'll be testing. Uh, we've got a series of these. And um, we're hoping that it will be something similar to, to Andover, whereas uh, we're seeing pretty significant expansion of these pegmatites at depth, uh, as has been the case with Andover. So, so what's kind of the timetable, I guess, uh, for Andover in terms of uh, drilling? You've, you've, you're looking at uh, drilling, obviously. Uh, that's the next step. What should we be looking for and what's the time scale? Um, we're obviously trying to get our rigs on the ground as soon as possible. Uh, we're trying to progress the heritage uh, surveys as quickly as we can right now. Uh, it's a relatively small area that we're looking to cover off for the initial drilling program at Andover South, or maybe a couple of square kilometers. So that in itself won't take long. It's just about getting into the getting into the queue uh, for yeah. the heritage surveys. We're hoping to get that done this side of the year. Access probably won't be that challenging either. So it's uh, we're hoping it'll be on this this side of the year with results coming out in Q1 next year. And a drill rig's hard to get hold of at the moment. Like there's there's a lot of activity going on. I imagine are they hard to get hold of? No, no. Oh, that's uh, good. We, no, <laughs> no. I think uh, with with gold exploration slowing down recently over the last six months in the Pilbara, there are a couple of rigs around, uh, and I think it helps. Uh, it helps the fact that you know we have quite a bit of visibility in the market right now. Uh, I think sure. the service providers have seen what happens when, when you do make a discovery of the nature that Azure has made, and hopefully it leads to more, uh, a lot more drilling meterage. So we're pretty confident we'll be able to secure the rigs. Oh, well, that's, that's good news. Obviously, that's, that's probably going to be next year, I imagine, that, uh, that that's going to happen. The drilling kicks off. Uh, yeah. Look, we're, we're aiming to get it done this year, uh, if at all possible. Um, but or at least to kick it off this year, but we're we're hoping to to have the results out to market in Q1 next year. Uh, now you, you talk about, as well about uh, rubidium uh, in uh, some of your press releases. What what the hell is rubidium? It's it's a it's a high tech element which which is applied in uh, pretty much high tech technology at the moment. Uh, we're still evaluating it. Uh, we're trying to understand the market. 
it, there are indications that it may be associated with some micas, but from the initial metallurgy that we've done, uh, the mica levels are pretty low. So it's more than likely not the right out, out of the micas, which is a positive for us. It's still an evolving uh, uh, industry. So it's something that we may have the value for down the line. Now, you're based in Serbia and you have a listing on um, in Germany. Is that right? Correct. On the DAX. How did, how did that come about? Was that um, was that always the plan or just a, a nice little accident that happened with the dual listing? Uh, we just wanted to get exposure to the European markets as well. Uh, we were for a while a European story, um, a copper gold story. So we wanted to just offer... Uh, offer the story to the German-speaking market, which is quite significant in itself, uh, over 100 million people. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think the, the the value and the volume and everything is coming out of the ASX. But we continue to continue, you know, to offer our story out to other markets at the same time. There's obviously uh, there's, there's quite a lot going on in the lithium market at the moment. We've got a strange situation in some respects that we have uh, Australian billionaires putting an awful lot of money behind stakes in the likes of Liontown or in uh, Azure. And yet you've got uh, a lithium market that still is struggling in terms of the actual commodity price and the likes of Pilbara, which has got a short of over 15% at the moment, which which I find extraordinary. Uh, what, what do you make of what's, what's going on at the moment? You must uh, look at it and sort of um, scratch your head a little bit sometimes and think, what, what what's happening out there? It's intriguing to say the least. Uh, look, <laughs> Certainly, it, <laughs> you know it's it's, it's got it's got all of us taking out our sort of takeover playbooks and looking at the rules again. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, just in terms of the actual lithium market, you're right. Look, it's pulled back over the last couple of months quite a bit. But if you look at the activity from the majors, they're they're putting up the money, and yeah. I think that may give you some indication of what the analysis is for the medium to long term. Yeah. Um, even though exploration is very much a, a short-term game, uh, or, the, or the market is, you know, the reactions from the market are short-term. I think the we're trying to look at the longer-term uh, projections for lithium, and I think that's in line with what the majors are thinking as well. Again, I think that's supported by the fact if you look at all these transactions. In terms of, in terms of the corporate activity in the Pilbara right now, yeah, we, we look. We we don't know what what the ultimate objective would be of certain billionaires right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the objectives would be uh, if if you look at the iron ore market in the Pilbara at the moment, it's uh, it's dominated by perhaps four players. Yeah, uh, and so is this is this them potentially trying to get into a twenty percent stake long term? Is there a, the appetite to go bigger? Uh, like we'll just have to wait and see and let it play out. Uh, I think the two transactions are different. Um, I think SQM has its objectives at Azure. I think mm. uh, uh, Creasy is a significant factor in this transaction as well. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Ultimately, I think it's it'll be good for us. It'll be good for for investors and the industry in general. Uh, yes, I must admit I've had to dust off some of the um, the corporate takeover um, laws. And, and what uh, what is effective and, and what does work and and, and the and the law I guess around uh, taking stakes over nineteen point nine percent in terms of bidding and timing etc. So it has been quite an interesting thing because we don't well we haven't really seen this uh, very often especially with the Liontown 
uh, Gina Reinhardt interrupting the party there, and then the capital raise, and now the share price now is dollar sixty odd. It's 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 quite extraordinary. I, I certainly haven't seen anything like this for a long time, and I've been around, unfortunately, some would say, but for quite a while. Um, so it does make yeah. life interesting, that's for sure. Um, as far as cash goes, that's always the big issue, I guess, for miners. Uh, miners always want more cash to go drilling and etc. How much cash have you currently got on the uh, on the balance sheet? Uh, as per the last uh, quarterly, you know, we've got five point seven in the bank, so we, we're in a pretty healthy position uh, for for a, for for a junior. But um, you know, we, we we are now evaluating new projects within our portfolio as well. Uh, for lithium potential, uh, we've just released this morning the results of, uh, of our initial mapping campaign at uh, the Arrow project. Right. Um, so we found outcropping pegmatites there as well from uh, visual evaluations. We believe we have spodumene within those pegmatites as well. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It looks like we have more to offer than one single lithium project. Uh, but then within that, within itself, you know, we've got quite a quite a large portfolio of projects uh, within other commodities as well. The nickel, uh, the Mount Shoal nickel copper palladium deposit is an advanced uh, project with uh, probably the biggest resource there in the district in the uh, within 30, 40 kilometers. Uh, we're sitting at about 20, just under 24 million tons at a 0.35% nickel equivalent cutoff. Uh, the the deposit remains open in every direction. Um, while the nickel copper market is not exactly what's driving the value right now, we feel that the underlying value of the company uh, should be viewed in the context of of the rest of the portfolio as well. Mm. It's it's interesting. I, I, I interviewed uh, a geologist guy uh, a few months ago, and he was saying that in the old days when they were doing the assays for gold. Um, lithium was considered a waste product and they actually used lithium in, in the sort of the process to do the assays. So there's no point in testing for lithium when you were testing for gold because lithium was part of the process of the test. And now a lot of gold companies are going back and looking at their uh, their results and going, well, hang on a second, there was a bit of lithium there and maybe we should do some more testing. Is, is that, um, am I barking up the wrong tree with that or is that uh, is that the case? No, absolutely, it is the case. Um, I mean, look... I think a, a good example is with uh, with Azure and Andover. Uh, hmm. These pegmatites were there on the ground, which they were exploring for, and they just nobody was paying attention to it. Uh, there were a couple of mines providing the majority of global supply, and it's the market wasn't there. So obviously, with the EV industry evolving the way it has. Uh, We've got the demand for it, and the projections are pretty good. Now, you've also got some uh, options out there as well, haven't you? Some November yeah. 30, 2024 options, uh, which look kind of interesting, I guess. Is that one and a half cent strike price on those? Yeah. Yeah. So um, most of those would have been issued prior to this raise. So we only issued 20 million on the last raise at 2.2 cents. Yeah. Um, that raise was pretty successful you know we had a it was at a 10 percent premium to a five-day rewap at a significantly higher uh premium to a two-week rewap i can't remember what it is maybe in 25 30 percent even um but the the strike price of 1.5 cents is i think it's it's important to note that when we issued a lot of that stock uh the last race for example was at 0.3 of a cent so that was at five times the strike price uh, 
six months ago before we defined our lithium potential there and did this transaction at uh, Andover South and Andover North, um, we weren't quite getting the excitement from the market. So, no. yeah, so the nickel story at that time just wasn't, wasn't making inroads with the market. Uh, it was a challenging time for the company. Um, mm. And look, it was, I think it's a great win for investors. And yeah. The, the nickel story is a hard one, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, it's, it hasn't really changed the whole uh, growth, I guess, of the Indonesian nickel uh, supply has, has really disrupted the market big time. And it, it is a hard one. I was reading an article today uh, regarding, uh, you know, how the US may do a deal with Indonesia, which allows Indonesia to have access to the IRA and that they then will be able to compete with the Australian nickel. Um, that, that's clearly a concern, I guess, for the nickel market. Is that right? It is. It is. Um, I saw the story this morning as well. Look, it's a concern for, for both Canada and for Australia. We'll just see how it plays out. Uh, we're a nickel, copper, palladium, sulfide uh, play at Mount Shoal. So on the one hand, you know, we, we have the palladium, we have the copper as well to sort of balance it out. So it's not a purely a nickel play. Um, and, but, but, but I agree with you. Um, it, it, it's going to be concerning if that does go through. Mm, it is. Now, you're, you're based in, in Serbia. How, you must be doing a lot of traveling at the moment, <laughs> um, coming back to Australia and doing uh, investor briefings and things and, and coming down on the ground. Is, uh, is that problematic being in Serbia or is it just um, just part and parcel of being a, 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 an international mining company with uh, certain you know, geographic geographic biases? Yeah, look, um, <laughs> it's a lot of 7 a.m. calls like today. <laughs> um, so, so, so I do a lot of this. I've had to become an A-type personality and uh, yeah. be fresh in the mornings. Um, look, I, tra I travel to, to Australia often and continue to uh, you know, I will continue to do so as well. Obviously, I'm, I'm a geologist, so I get into the field. We've got a, um, quite often, we've got a good support team in Australia. Technical team is in Australia. Um, and it's, you know, not just Australia that we market to. So I do a fair bit amount of traveling throughout Europe as well to see investors. Um, what we've been doing over the last 12 months uh, is very actively uh, transacting and disposing of the non-core assets in Eastern Europe and in Australia with, uh, with a clear mandate from, from the market, basically, to focus on the lithium. We, or I actually, I moved here to Eastern Europe for, for this portfolio. Um, so we've, we've cleared up most of it and uh, with a few uh, advanced assets, advanced exploration assets, which we're looking to generate as much value as we can for the shareholders right now. And then from there, what, once that's complete, uh, look, we'll, we'll be having a look at where, where, whether I'll be doing a, a lot more traveling or whether I'll be based in Australia. Mm. Um, we were talking uh, before uh, we came on there and recorded the podcast, you've uh, you're got a South African background, so you'd be a very happy man, I guess, at the moment following the, the World Cup victory. That was congratulations on that. It was a, 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 I wouldn't say it was a great game. But it was a riveting game full of tension. So uh, congratulations on that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I think as I, uh, as I said, it's been a riveting three games. And uh, <laughs> I think there are a few more gray hairs right now. Um, yeah. yeah, look, very, very proud of the team. I think they left everything on, on, the, on the field. And uh, yeah, what can be said? Yeah. And do you go back to South Africa much? Have you still got family there and things? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, with all the travel, you know, I required with work and the, and the big, small family, uh, yeah. being yo- big, young family, so it, it makes it a bit of a challenge to, to take too many personal trips to, to, to South Africa. But I, I try and make it across whenever I can. Uh, and how's the resource kind of environment in South Africa? We, we do sort of hear mainly negative stories, I guess, coming out of South Africa these days, unfortunately. Is, is it that way or, or is things really starting to pick up? Or, is, or should we be more, looking more optimistically, I guess, at South Africa? That's a difficult question. I mean, look, what, what we're really hoping for is to see policies align with the global trends and, and get exploration going back into South Africa. I think that's probably been the biggest issue over the last 20 years. Um, it's, it's, it's the lack of exploration that's been happening. Uh, the mining houses are still you know, going on and dealing with the various challenges that they do have. Uh, mm. But it's such, a, such an obvious avenue for company to, to add to the economy uh, through, through exploration and through development. It still is one of, one of the greatest mining countries in the world. I mean, the geology is fantastic. Um, I think some of the laws do need a bit of tweaking and Hopefully it happens. Hopefully it happens. Uh, I mean, it's f- both for the people of the country and and uh, the industry in general. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dushko, for, for speaking to us today. Wish you lots of luck with uh, Raiden and the upcoming drilling program. Let's hope it does kick off before the end of the year. I think that'll be really good news. And let's hope the share price continues to show the gains that we have seen. It's certainly been going very well, to say the least. So, so good luck with uh, 2024. And we're really looking forward to, uh, I guess, how things pan out with the Azure, how things pan out with Lion Town. Just the whole, it's fascinating at the moment, the whole machinations of what's happening in the space and uh, the, um, the potential, I guess, in some of these projects. So thank you so much for coming on and running us through the Raiden Resources story. No, thank you for having me. 